Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Elmo's World. This is season two, episode two. It's your boy Elmer and Mo Meat. You already know what's good. Even Elmer slipped up a little bit. He almost says season one. I know. I, I keep forgetting we're on year two now. This is a uh, this is big moves. You gotta remember. So let's jump straight into it. Let's talk about some things that I've seen in the news recently. So this past Tuesday, I don't know if you're aware, but Harvard's been in federal court. So the Students for Fair Admissions brought all these plaintiffs together and they essentially sued Harvard saying that they had a discriminatory admissions process that was unfair for Asian American applicants. And essentially on Tuesday, a federal judge ruled that Harvard wasn't racially discriminating in their admissions process. And it essentially confirmed that diversity is important in college admissions and it's an important part of the college experience. I, To be honest, uh, before you told me right now, I wasn't really aware of what was going on. Um, so this is kind of new to me and, and hearing about it is very interesting because, you know, it's always like, it's all, it's not unbeknownst to brown parents to be kind of going in and doing something like this because, you know, they want their kid to be in the top of the studies and want to be in the best schools. When I've also kind of realized that the name of your school is very important, but you, as long as you have those other experiences, it ha- it hasn't stopped anyone. I haven't really seen that to be a problem. And uh, you also mentioned that there was um, uh, the thing about the personality assessment or the I, f- I forgot what you were I forgot the name of what you were saying. So so essentially, all the plaintiffs they argued that their kids were getting discriminated against in the admissions process because. Yeah. They, even though their test scores were high, they mm-hmm. scored lower on an index that, Car- uh, that Harvard yeah. called a personal report, Got which it. is essentially it takes into account those things that are outside of academics. So their personality, social skills, you know, how well they did on an interview, um, the, the stuff that that makes someone a great holistic applicant. Um, yeah. And they were saying that those measures essentially uh, were a handicap for the Asian American applicants. Which doesn't really make sense because everyone is being judged by the same criteria. Uh, yeah. And the judge essentially was saying that, he was essentially saying that even though Asian Americans were doing really well with their test scores, um, essentially the explanation for scoring lower on the personal rating was that because they were spending so much time to get those good scores, those other, they had to sacrifice on the other things that make someone a great Harvard applicant. That's a... Uh... That's an interesting point just because uh, I know you mentioned before we kind of started recording like that, you know, it seems that a lot of Asian Americans are so focused on just studying and and education when, you know, there's so many more aspects to especially living in the real world. And what I also realize is after graduating that, you know, that that real world stuff like interviewing you know, social interaction, networking is more important than ever. And I think with with Harvard's admission process, I think that's a good thing that they're, you know, at least seeing if people are, you know, that holistic candidate because you want the best people forward. Right. And I I don't know, it's it's kind of a fine line. But to be honest, I I like Harvard's stance on this and I and I'm going to agree with the ruling. I think that a lot of people are spending way too much time 
looking at just the academic side and not focusing on the stuff outside of that. Yeah, so this ruling was the first time that this discussion has come forth from a private institution. Mm -hmm. And the last time we've kind of seen this happen was in a Supreme Court case involving the University of Texas. Uh, I think it was Fisher versus University of Texas. And it was basically the same thing, except it was a white family that was suing the University of mm-hmm. Texas saying that oh, I remember they this. were treating, they were having preferential treatment towards other races. And they were saying that diversity wasn't really, um, it shouldn't be a factor. And like these racial quotas that were what they were calling them. And mm-hmm. in that decision, they had said that diversity is a quantifiable um, benefit to universities and the the variety of opinions and worldviews and ideas that people from different walks of life bring to a college campus are so important and we've seen that in you know in our time in undergrad um and it's just it's good to see that uh as many critics as there are for affirmative action it's great to see that um our court system is still upholding you know the principle that diversity is such an important role it had played such an important role in the college experience for sure i mean and you know and just speaking like kind of personal terms uh you know going to gw at first i really didn't think it was that diverse um it just kind of felt like it was a predominantly white institution and you know when i when i kind of started finding my home in gw i found a lot of people of my own community and and that kind of helped me see that you know, diversity, it, it helped me see how important diversity actually is because I got to see the side of everybody. And I think this court case and this ruling is is in one very important. And I think it's very good that the court system is, is doing this. And, and I totally agree with you on that for sure. And, you know, going back to that personal rating, I totally agree with you. I think mm-hmm. that Asian American parents have such a two-dimensional view of their children and what it takes for their children to be successful. Like, were you a Kumon kid? No, actually, I never did it. Like, I, I was a Kumon kid. <laughs> I knew so many of my cousins that were all Kumon kids. And, you know, like, while my friends were out playing sports, like, I was inside doing my math homework. You know, you ever feel like, yo, I wish I had white parents that didn't care so much about school Amen. and could just let me be a kid sometimes? I can't lie. Sometimes it really did feel like, you know, parents were kind of, just you know bearing down on my on my educational life and not really giving a fuck about everything else and that was so it kind the way i kind of went about it was you know at one point it became that you know your parents are going to stop saying things to you like you know and for me that time was around like you know ninth grade it's kind of when my parents were just like okay you know what we're just going to kind of let this kid go for better or for worse And that's where I kind of changed it, where I, you know, I started playing more sports. I started socializing a lot more, kind of getting out of that shell that was kind of built into me um, just from like studying. I I wasn't a human kid, but this is Elmer editing this podcast. I just want everyone to notice that Momit said human instead of Kumon. If you didn't catch it, here it is again. I wasn't a human kid. I wasn't a human kid. I wasn't a human kid, but I did. um... I did all that like gifted, talented bullshit from, you know, uh, elementary school onwards. And and it, it's like the same thing. It's like you're you're building all these educational skills, but 
there's nowhere to build those social interaction skills and and people will you know talk to me now and they're like i didn't even know that you weren't outgoing at some point but sometimes it's just about breaking out of your shell and i think that's the that's a great thing that's going to come out of this court case like going back to the harvard thing specifically and you know just looking back at our childhood it's the same thing yeah and i think like i the good thing is i'm starting to see a lot of second generation asian americans um and the way that their upbringing is and it's so crazy to think about how different their lives are compared to the way we were raised you know like yeah kids are out doing like karate matches and like all this fun stuff like like i'm sure their parents are still very strict about like them doing well in school but at least they give some wiggle room in some areas dude yeah i mean i never fucking did any karate or anything like that man my parents are like my parents put me in soccer first thing that was all soccer and swimming i feel like that's every kid's first sport is soccer and my parents just wanted me to play so badly but i just did not like it and uh, i i don't know why that that's kind of sorry that was kind of like a little off tangent but you know i had to kind of rant because now I, I don't play it at all but i agree with you the the second generation is definitely definitely being raised a little different than we are but I honestly think it's for the better. I think I, I think people are getting to see that more holistic side of people and and are trying to build that person later on. So I think it's a good way that we're kind of you know each generation improves on the last. So I'm hoping that you know when we get children that we're kind of improving on that too. Yeah. Speaking of, um, you 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 see that thing a couple of weeks ago about what Kobe, uh, Kobe said to that to that girl that was on oh uh, man his team. <laughs> oh man that was so basically what kobe said was they had a game and this girl missed the game for a dance recital and he basically put it on his instagram and he was talking about all the girls and he basically said not pictured here the girl who missed it for a dance recital or something like that and um i think he got a lot of backlash for that so he ended up posting a picture or like a video of him at a like a dance thing uh later on to show that you know i miss games too just for for dancing or for other hobbies but that was uh you know kobe's my favorite player of all time and i love the mamba mentality or whatever but that was a little um i was like ah the the exercise scientist in me was like ah no kobe like everybody got to do different things like we're not we're not trying to just have these kids play basketball all the time. They're not like you, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? I bet you if Kobe's kids like get into a fight, he probably like roots one of them on. <laughs> <He's> probably... <laughs> I couldn't imagine living in the Bryant household. That should probably be mad cutthroat. Bro, he probably, I think it's the oldest one. He definitely roots the oldest one on. I, I it's can like all put money fight with your sibling about the remote and he's just mm-hmm. in the corner like legs crossed watching <laughs> he's like hey he like play one-on-one for song. It. we're scrapping tonight hey, hey play one-on-one you you score first of five get the remote that that sounds like a kobe thing to do man i'm gonna do that my i could totally see myself as a as an overbearing sports dad because you know like i wasn't yeah. i wasn't a gifted athlete as a kid but you bet your ass that i'm gonna be making my kids the next michael jordan hey man i have no shame in saying that i'm i'm a see like i want to say that i'm not going to be 
but I'm afraid that I will because I see myself at other people's games or like like games of my friends and like you know my friends little brothers or whatever and I and I'm watching their games and I'm just so like into it and I just and I'm like you know I'm yelling at the ref I'm like and people are probably sitting there thinking like bro this guy has nothing to do with the game why is he even talking and I'm I'm acting like I'm playing so I I think I'm gonna end up being there right there with you and our kids are playing basketball and we're we're sitting on the sideline. I think we're both just going to be yelling and screaming at the ref. And I don't know. Whether that's good or bad, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Like, look, I'm a competitor, but I'm no, not love, an athlete. Love competition. So, so if I can't be the one competing, <laughs> that next generation who has Raja on their jersey, I can root them on and it's like me, you know? I'll live vicariously it's through the my same. kids. Live vicariously through. Hey, man, look. Shit, if one of my kids can make it to the NBA, uh, we set. I'm going I'm to stop doing everything, and I'm going to just chill the rest of my life. But I highly doubt it. We don't have good knees in the Jodri family. <laughs> we won't have very good knees around here, man. And I just, you know, dislocated my shoulder, too. So I don't know. My uh, My athletic career seems to be coming on the very downfall now. Bro, it's been done. You're you're grasping at straws here. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, but you know, you try to extend it like as much as you can. Like you're not Tom these... Brady, dog. I'm not. Some, I'm not. At some someday you gotta hang up the cleats. Oh man, I'm gonna hang them up. I think by like thirty, I'm hanging everything up, cleats, pads, fucking throwing all the footballs away in here. Like I think it's it's gonna be time for sure. I'm gonna have arthritis by the time I'm twenty five, bro. Like it, this is no joke. So. We'll see. We'll see how it works. I mean, we we in the championship, you know, we in the championship game. So, you know, I, you know how I got to play in that first. And then we'll worry about, you know, later on in life. That's the thing, man. You got to make sure you drink your milk. <laughs> Dude, man, that was just what a freak is. accident. That was just a freak accident. Bro, now, now when, we, when we talk about this, like, so I called my parents the day I dislocated my shoulder, right? And I'm like, yo, ma, like, you know, my shoulder popped out and you go to a hospital. First thing she started doing, I just heard this fucking lecture about how I'm reckless. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> I'm like, bro, my shoulder's out. I just popped that shit in. I can't play right now. Like that already sucks. And now before you take me to the hospital, you're going to give me like a lecture for 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh my God. Sometimes brown parents just need to know, like, just ask if the kid's okay. Take them to the hospital. Then you can beat their ass after if you need to. But don't do it while the fucking shoulder is out and, like, I'm working on getting it in. That's not the right time. See, that's the thing. I feel like uh, most parents are like, oh, I'm going to make sure my kid's okay, and then I'll yell at them. With, like, my parents, I feel like I could be bleeding out on I-95, and they'll still be lecturing me, like, on the phone as I'm going into shock. Oh, for sure. They're going to be like, why did you Why did you go where there was, like, people were cutting you? Why did you go there? You could have just sat home and like, done your oh, studies. Oh, were you speeding? Yeah. How fast are you going? <laughs> exactly. They're going to find the fault in yours. Because my mom was like, yeah, you always do this. Like, when you go to football tournaments, like, you always come back hurt or something always happens. And I'm like, mom, can you just fucking take me to the hospital? There's no reason for you to do this right now. Um, but, yeah, luckily... I'm all right now. I think I'll be back to normal in like a couple weeks. So I'll be all right. I'll be all right.
Now let me segue into our very first recurring segment. So the Ringer has a series called The Hottest Take. And in each episode, yes, they will introduce a hot take. And whether they agree with it or not, they will debate it as if they really did believe that point. So we're going to adopt that. I'm not, I'm not going to plagiarize and say it was our idea. So all credit goes to the Ringer and my guy, Bill Simmons. Um, so check out what they're doing over there. But I'm going to get a start here. Guess my hot you. take is... Sportsmanship has no place in sports. Okay, all right. So here's my position on this. Now, I'm an athlete who talks a lot of shit. I talk more shit than probably anybody. But I think it's so situational. Like, even I'll be, like, a good sport sometimes. But I think during the game... There's no place for sportsmanship. Like, you know, like, let the NFL do as many touchdown celebrations as they want. Those are professional athletes. It's an entertainment system. Like, why can't they do whatever they want? And, you know, obviously, you know, within the parameters of the game, like, no obscene stuff. But stuff like, you know, dunk, dunking over the goalpost, that's banned. I think that's bullshit. I think that's straight bullshit. Um, so, I'm going to say... I agree with the statement, but I also need it to be a little more contextual just because, I don't know. I, oh man, no, tell me your thoughts. Tell me your thoughts. No, you're right. Context is important. And when I say sportsmanship has no place in sports, I'm not just saying like people should go out and beat each other up and that should be part of the game. Like there still should yeah. be that mutual respect. But the way I look at it is sportsmanship isn't a really functional thing. It's just this concept that we've made up and that we all abide by. But it doesn't really serve a purpose. Like, so if you think about it, sports really gained fame in America at the turn of the 19th century or the mm -hmm. 20th century. Yeah, yeah. And back then, um, sports were about you know the game and it's like a, the honor of playing the sport and mm -hmm. honoring your opponent and respecting your opponent, and that's all great. And then money came into sports, yeah. and now sports is a business. Like it or not, sports at the end of the day is it's all about the huge bottom line. Business. Yes, sir. And if you think about it nowadays, sports is sports in 2019 is not what sports was in 1920. Not even close. Nowadays, you have an entire channel dedicated to 24/7 sports coverage yeah. on and off the field, off season, mm -hmm. during the season, playoffs, finals. Every single day, at every Love single it. waking minute, somebody Love is it. on air talking about sports. That's the yeah. first thing. The second thing, the things that happen off the field oftentimes are more important, are more newsworthy than the things that happen on, on the field. A great example of that is Antonio Brown. How many minutes did Antonio Brown play in the 2019-2020 oh season? Dude, he played one game for the Patriots, and he played a total of like 40 snaps, maybe. That was... But... But, so if he played 40 snaps, how many minutes of news coverage from yeah. from May until now did Antonio Brown get? Oh, months on end. Months on end we heard about this man. So if the drama and the trash talk and the things that happen off the field, that's what makes the news media go wild. That's what drives fans to the games. Yeah. Why do you think people go to hockey games? Um, to watch the fight. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. The fights are part of the, probably the best part. 
So based on that, and based on the way sports are in 2019, I think that if you could imagine a world where... So let me put it this way. I think Kevin Durant should have a free reign on Twitter, and I think he should be able to just... I think he should double down on what he's saying on Twitter. Okay. I don't think he should have burner accounts. Matter of fact, yeah. I think he should probably have like an army of burner accounts that are just like <laughs> spamming all of these reporters that talk shit about him. Like if um, Jason Whitlock says that Kevin Durant is oh, a bum, like, there guy. should be at least 80 different Twitter accounts that <laughs> at Jason Whitlock and say, Jason Whitlock, you chicken McNugget of a human being. Oh my like, God. Like, shut up, bro. Dude, his <laughs> head looked like a burnt milk dud, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Like, you I get like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I see what you're saying. Like, look at the way the WWE is, right? You have heroes and villains. At the end of the day, sports, like, we love sports because it's a story. Yeah. It's not necessarily sure. about the minutes and, like, what happens from whistle to whistle. It's about the stories that the athletes carry with them. And, the yeah. like, the whole game itself is just one long plot. And sure. the things that drive plot are drop. You need to bring the drama into it, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have that, think about if you're a sport with declining attendance like baseball, why? Why do people not like baseball games? It's because there's nothing happening. Every once in a while, you'll have the dugouts clear. But, like, outside of that, like, there's no real sauce to these games. I'm thinking about basketball now. And, mm -hmm. like, there's so many fines for things that it's taking away from, as a spectator sport, it's not as enjoyable to watch. Because I'm, it's essentially watching all these guys who are being told what to do, how to act, and it's not authentic anymore. Yeah. Like, I want to see Allen Iverson with the cornrows and the jersey untucked. I want to see the yep. guys that pull up to the game not wearing suit. Like, it's all just this, these formalities that the NBA has created, and yeah. there's no functional use to it. Fact. Like, purely, like, looking at it cinematically, I totally agree with what you're saying. You know, the, the drama just adds a different factor to the game where it becomes more interesting to the average viewer and, um, you know, just... It just amplifies that experience. I think that's it's a that's a great point. Um, kind of looking at it from a different lens, I was more thinking of it in terms of you know having played football and played basketball. Like I, when I can consider myself in those situations, I'm always telling my teammates that you know within these four corners, within this field, within this court, it's your teammates versus everybody else. You know, you don't talk to the other team or if you do talk to them, you don't talk to them nice because I do not give a fuck about them. And, you know, like I, I don't tell people like, oh, good play or like, you know, nice job. Like, hey, bro, nice shot. I'm like, no, I, I don't care if you made the shot on my team. I'm coming back and I'm trying to kill your team when I get back down the floor. And I think that aspect is missing from sports now. That, you know, all these guys, of course, you know, elite athletes of, uh, you know, the, some of the best athletes in the world in the NFL, NBA and all the other sports leagues. But it seems that that camaraderie has taken over competitiveness now that and I feel like the way it should be, it's fine off the court. You can do whatever you want. Like, you know, you, you can, you know, be buddy, buddy off the court. But during the game, I should not see people like you know, high-fiving the other team or, like, you know, telling them good good job. Uh, you know what it reminds me of? You know that commercial? I know you've seen this commercial. The 
the one where I know exactly what you're talking you know about. Talking that about. kid, it's like the last second oh of the game. Oh my god! And then oh <laughs> he, my god. They, they made a bad call, and then he went up to the ref and he said, "Now nah, you're wrong." Oh Give my the ball god! Back to them. <laughs> oh my god! Look at that. See how you knew that fucking commercial without was... me even saying it. All I said was, "You know that commercial." You already knew. That's how bullshit this is. Like people are literally trying to ingrain this like sportsmanship into everything. And I'm like, why do we have to be all buddy-buddy? Like, trust me, if I was in that championship game and I might have hit it out, but the ref didn't call it, that's the ref problem, bro. It's my ball. We're we're winning that championship. I don't really give a fuck. So, like, you know, seeing those kind of commercials and then seeing how, like, the NBA is and, you know, even the NFL to an extent, um, like, it just kind of, it definitely takes away from the experience. And, you know, having played personally, it also makes me compare obviously i'm not anywhere near these guys like i'm not even saying that but it makes me compare that experience to you know like everyday people like most people you know really aren't good sports when you're playing just like pickup or organized leagues like they will play like rough or they will they don't give a fuck about you and i'm wondering why the top guys who are out here fighting for money and lots and lots of money are you know, being buddy-buddy with the guy that could probably take their job later. Like, you never know what's going to happen. I feel like at at the top level should be the most cutthroat because it's a business. So I feel like sportsmanship definitely during the game at the top level has no place. Maybe afterwards, I, I guess. I mean, afterwards, you're going to be friends with the guys you're playing against. But I think during the game is just a complete waste of time. Honestly, I think that ad is more of a parody of what sportsmanship is treated like these days and how we give awards for sportsmanship. Uh, and it's just, it's just like the way I said it, it just serves no purpose. Literally that, none. That I, should, um, I, that I should lower my chances of winning something in order to benefit an opponent at no gain to myself. But- yeah, dude, all the coach said was, hey, Andrew, good job. Motherfucker, I didn't win the championship. We probably about to lose <laughs> they this they bitch kept the They should have kept the commercial rolling in, in those last seconds and watched them just lose the game yeah. and go back to the locker room. Bro, they lost that game. everyone just beats him up. I guarantee you they <laughs> lost that game, and he got jumped. I promise. <laughs> they jumped him in you, the locker room. I would jump that nigga. I'd be a bro, hold up. I'd be like, what the hell did you just do, bro? Like, you cost us the game by saying that. It was a blown call by the ref. That's not on you. You control what you control. You can leave that away. Uh, bro, it's like a participation award. It's so dumb. Like, like why even worry about it at that point? Like, his team got second, I promise. Yeah. Like, if you look at the arguments for sportsmanship, right? So there's, mm-hmm. there's a few different ways you can look at it. There's the people that say... Um, sportsmanship makes sense because it's the spirit of the game that matters. And it's like that, that honor that's on the table there. That's, that's what makes sports sports. But at the same time, I the way I that. see sports, it's, it's a competition. It's, yes. it's me. I'm going to stand next Thank to you, you and we're both going to run as fast as we can. And one of us is going to get to that line first. And that person is going to be better than the other person. Yes. Period. Yes. There's no fucking participation. That was the first like... sport ever played. Two cavemen <laughs> stood next to a rock and they said, <laughs> and they ran to another rock and then one of them won. And then he probably married the other guy's wife. Yeah, and he got the girl. He got the girl. He got the biggest piece of meat to feed his family. Like, that's just what it is. It's a primitive instinct. We're born to compete. 
we're born to do this. Like, I get it. Honor, spirit of the game, that's all great. And, you know, we all love playing sports. And, you know, it's fun. They teach you a lot of life lessons, yada, 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 blah, 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 whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm not in these sports for a participation trophy. Like, look, I'll give you an example. So my team was playing in a flag football tournament this uh, this past Saturday for um, it was a charity tournament. You know, we paid fifteen dollars. It was basically a donation of fifteen dollars to the Punjab flooding relief, and that's great. You know, I wanted to do my part of charity and I wanted to you know donate and help the cause, but that's where the charity ended. I can't do anything else about charity now. I'm gonna. It's not like they're paying me to play. Or I'm donating anything else. Maybe I could give some more money, uh, and but that's a different conversation. But now I already gave the dollars. I'm playing in this tournament, and now we're playing to win. We're not worried about the charity part anymore. The name is still a charity tournament, but we're playing to win. I'm not going there to go get second or not place at all, because then what's the point? Like, oh, cool, we had fun and we, you know, we gave money to charity, but. It's better if I gave money to charity and I won. Like, I I just don't understand the mindset of people who are just like, okay, you know, it was just great. Like, you know, I'm just going there to play for fun. I have fun when I win. Sportsmanship got nothing to do with that shit. Hey, true that. Yeah, like. Uh, who doesn't have fun when they win? Exactly. Who has fun when they lose? Who has fun when they lose? Yeah. That's the biggest myth a coach has ever told somebody. It's like, bullshit. guys, Straight let's just bullshit. have fun today. Fuck you fuck out of here it's like if anybody look there's so many lessons in losing but what are you using those lessons for you're using them to improve and to win the next time the ultimate yeah. goal is to win and if you're gonna involve like all these kind of things like you know sportsmanship and you know all this honor and stuff like great if you can still win that way that's fine but i choose to win a different way and you know, some people don't like it. Some people enjoy it. But, you know, I, I just don't see the place for valuing sportsmanship more than winning in sports nowadays. I, I can't I just can't agree with that. Yeah. And the, the, the funny thing about those charity games is they always start out in good spirits and everyone mm, is mm-hmm. all benevolent and blah, blah, blah. But guaranteed <laughs> by the end of it, two people are fighting to win, bro. <laughs> Celebrity all star like NBA oh game, God. celebrity golf tournaments. They're playing to win. Bro, it's so funny that you said that. Cause this literally is how it happened. This is like you just described how this tournament went, like play by play. It was literally, you know, at the it's the end of the tournament. You know, our team is four and oh, and this team from the losers bracket won all the rest of their games and they came back and they challenged us. And now we're playing this championship game in like two weeks. And the meeting between our two teams, when the championship game was about to start, they said that, you know, these guys are talking more trash than anybody. I was like, this ain't no charity game no more. It's about the first place trophy now. Nobody cares about the charity. Everybody forgot that shit even was there. They were playing for that fucking trophy. It's a pretty big-ass trophy, though. I won't lie. But, like, like we were all just at each other's throats about, like, you know, which team is better. And we were all talking shit. So it's so funny that you mentioned how these things play out because that's literally how it happens every time. I just happen to be in the 
in the end result of it now. Um, but like, I guess I could see, you know, like other teams who have got eliminated, you know, they try to make themselves feel better. They're like, okay, Hey, like we had fun and you know, we're just going to be good sports about it or whatever. But I just can't see myself doing that. I, I really can't. And I know you agree with that. Yeah. You know who the biggest proponents of sportsmanship are? Losers. Losers. <laughs> It's facts. I mean, hey, like, I don't think anyone's ever complained about sportsmanship when they won. Yeah. I've never said anything. That was the last. That wasn't even a thought in my mind. I shouldn't even say last thing. It just, it wasn't even there. It, I won. I'm just going to keep moving on with my life. Like, It's the people who lose that need to make themselves feel better about something. Like, I, I, I don't agree with sportsmanship being a part of the game when, you know, when the whistle blows. It's fine afterwards, you know, you should have a mutual respect for your opponent and you sh- you should be willing to be, you know, uh, cordial with them after the game. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it is a game and you don't want it to, like, you know, overtake your life. But during the game, it's my team versus yours. If y'all beat us, good on you. I'll give you your credit. If you can't, nigga, I'll won. I don't, I don't need to talk to you about, like good sportsmanship and shit you know what i mean so this is only part one of two of our conversation on sportsmanship you can catch the second half on the next episode of elmo's world as always you can catch us on spotify soundcloud and apple Podcasts, and we're also on instagram at elmo's world e-l-m-o-h-s world and this has been your boy elmer will meet signing off catch you guys next time peace